welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. Uh, well, we're so glad that you guys are here. How many of you guys enjoyed uh, last night? Did y'all get something out of it? I did. I did too. I had so much fun. I love uh, speaking with you. I love doing life with you. It's a lot of fun. Well, I'm preaching tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock and 1045. I'd love for you to join me. (laughs) I wouldn't miss it for the world. No, I would like for you to join me. Oh, okay. Oh, that. I love love being right there. See, I knew she lied. She lied. (laughs) Well, uh, last night, uh, I forgot to share with you, the reason we named our conference No Regrets is because we want you guys to walk away um, in life and have a no regrets marriage. And I know that there's going to be times that you have ups and you have downs, but you want to walk away at the end of your life. You go to heaven, you're like, there were no regrets because I know that I did everything that I needed to do to fulfill my spouse and vice versa. And we communicated, we worked things out. There were hard situations, but we got through them right? Because that's the best thing you can do is like, yes, you're going to have hard situations, but the best thing you can do is say that you successfully went through those hard places together because that's what doing life is all about. Right, baby? Amen. <clears throat> that's right. Also, too, do you have I any thought regrets? it was a handful, but not with you. Okay, gotcha. Um, uh, also, too, <laughs> we, we uh, I think as a staff, yeah. that was the spiritual side of it, yeah. but the practical side of it, we always like, you know, the guy who had the tattoo that said no regrets. No regrets. And so uh, hopefully you have no regrets leaving here. <laughs> no uh, regrets. Now, this morning, um, and, and that was just kind of an outline yesterday. I, I hope you got some, I hope all of you got some good tools that you left yesterday um, with some things uh, w- with your marriage. But I believe this morning, here's some more practical things and um, just meeting with people and being in ministry and and also shoeing horses. I always say this, shoeing horses is like being the barber. People just open up to you. And uh, there's four things that I see always that always come up in a marriage that seems to be a problem. And it's these. It's the bed, it's the bank, it's the beak, and the bow. And the first one, obviously, the bed being sex, the bank being money, the third one, the beak being communication, and the bow being respect and honor inside a relationship. And how many of y'all know these are big things? All right? You're not breathing if you don't agree with me that these are great big things. And so um, the first one I want to talk about this morning is communication. And uh, that's the beak. And how many of y'all have ever struggled in form of communication. Just go ahead and lift your hands. All right, we got about 80% telling the truth, 20% lying. But uh, I, I believe that there is different lanes as far as communication. I believe that men, we can be under communicators. Yes, even if you came are out loud, a communicator Wayne. for life. Amen. Like Pray. you're a communicator. Sometimes that's that's one thing I always tell them. Like you're a communicator. That's what you do. You're a, a pastor. You come up here and communicate to us. So come home and communicate to me. Don't want to tell you that. Yes, she does. Yeah, and you're doing it right now, actually, in front of all these people. But uh, I just want them to know that we struggle too sometimes. Yeah, we, and 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 that's the thing is obviously she doesn't have a problem with that, and it can be flipped inside a relationship. There, it can be, you know, um, as far as some things, I'm, I'm probably more sensitive on some things where she's a lot tougher on, th- you know, you can't depict a marriage and say, he's going to be this and she's going to be that. I have found that sometimes it's flipped. I mean, in, a, in movies, I cry 15 times and she looks at me like, what is the matter with you, you big baby? They're and, just doing what the script says. <laughs> that's what she says, right? <laughs> I'm like, but it's such a good script. But, uh. But most of the times, it's men who are under communicators, and you may have to fit, uh, see where it fits, whether it's it's her or whether it's him. But most of the time, it is him, and that uh, where it gets us in trouble sometimes is where you know you have you say things like that. Well, you should just know that, or I shouldn't have to tell you that. Right. I, I'm saying this: if you're at that place, like we talked last night, one of the biggest lies in marriages is I. I, I can't and I won't change. And I believe that if you really, pride comes, then a fall comes. And what, of you saying that, they should know this, or I shouldn't have to tell you this, that's pride. Of saying, you know what, I'm not going to change. 
But I think like a lot of times in communication is um, when you, sometimes what you experience is not what you expected. And I think that that's so huge is, is the reason you didn't experience what you expected is because there was a gap in the communication. Because you get mad sometimes at your spouse because they didn't do something that you thought they were going to do because you expected them to, but you didn't communicate it. And that was something that we had to learn right off the bat because uh, I would think that he would do, was supposed to do something or like it was an unspoken rule, like the guy should take out the trash. But he had no clue, and the trash was just filling up, and it was something I that we had I didn't know you wanted my underwear actually in the hamper. I thought you wanted it somewhere nearby. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So you had to communicate that to me. Right. And, you know, you put your coffee cup in the... Dishwasher. In the Amen. Dishwasher. I'm still working on that. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I'm just saying is, like, you're going to get frustrated if you don't have those lines of communication so that... Uh, you're on the same page because I'm going to just tell you this. Men are not mind readers. And I'm going to tell you this too. I have to tell myself all the time. And all the men said, amen. This is something I have to tell myself all the time when it comes to the coffee cup in the sink. I'm like, if you put it in the sink, it's like three inches away from the dishwasher. And ladies, I just want to tell you like his thought process is I'm going to put it in the sink because I know that Brandy is going to put it in the dishwasher. He has no thought. And that, men are not thinking that. No. They're not being intentional. So I just wanted to tell you, like, if you're struggling with some of those things, I've had to tell myself, he's not doing that to tick me off. He's not doing that because he thinks, oh, this is Brandy's job. She's the housekeeper. She's going to clean it up. There's nothing going, going on up there. Wow. <laughs> I'm trying to help him out. <laughs> <laughs> but can, this is true. This is true. <laughs> you've never thought, like, she's going to do that. That's why I'm going to do it. Never. Now, there is, I mean, space, the no. final frontier. But that's why we These have to communicate. These are the voyages that's why of a starship enterprise. That's right. That's why I have to tell you, like, this is what I would like you to do because it would bless me. It would make my life easier if you did this instead of me coming behind you doing it. And so, like, if I never communicate that to him, then I'm never going to know that, or he's never going to know that that's what I'm expecting, and I'm never going to, like, see the point of view is that it, it was intentional. Like, it took me a long time to realize, like, he's, it, this isn't intentional. There's just, he's not thinking, right? No, and that it's, really it's so me. true. No, it, it is, and I don't think it's a downcast to any of the guys. We just, they're, I mean, we're thinking about things, but we're not thinking about that. It just gets yeah. routine of, you know, I threw my clothes near the hamper, those types of things, you know, like, but I, I also want to say this where, but it takes intentionality on both sides right. where I have to be intentional in, in communication is you, you learned last night. I had to realize the win for Brandy is a plan. Mm -hmm. I care less. We plan anything. Yeah. I'm like, let's just show up. Let's be led by the spirit. Hey, if raccoons are there let's have a great time i don't know i'm the squirrel that's where i'm going okay but uh i i have to be intentional to say hey hey tomorrow i'm getting up at 5 30 i'm leaving the house mm -hmm. and so what i'm doing is communicating to her i know that this morning i took the boys to school but tomorrow my schedule's a little bit different now if i wake up in the morning and tell her that it's the wrath of god because I have already planned my morning. That's right. Because he usually takes the kids to school. And she's not necessarily, you're getting better, but not necessarily a morning person. Mm -hmm. Where I wake up and I'm like, let's go. And she is not. Yeah. And that's one thing that I had to learn the hard way <laughs> on our honeymoon. Opening the blinds. Hey, we're in Mexico. <laughs> All right. If but we're at the gym at, in the morning, I have to initiate the first sentences. You can't just start talking to me. That's right, and I've learned that after 18 <laughs> years. It took 17 plus, but I found it out in 18. <laughs> All right? But I, I, I'm just saying, I, I think it's, if we had, that's pride when you say, you should know that. Right. That's something that you should know. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to tell you that. And then we have over-communicators, which is not me. But Proverbs 29, 11 says, A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. You want to say anything about over-communicators? Well, I know one. So, uh, yeah. And some of you guys are probably that way where they, like, tell you. I am a person a few words, I feel like. You are. Um, so I'm like, this is what I want done, and I don't 
really have to like go in a circle, but I know somebody that will like tell you what they want done and then why they want it done and then they circle back to what they want done. And sometimes like that blows my mind because I'm like, just spit it out and say it however you want to. Um, so I'm sure there's, there's spouses here that have, that are over communicators. Yeah. They, they're no pointing, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I saw some nudging over there. So, I mean, there are people that over communicate and it's kind of gives me anxiety sometimes. Like just say it. Yeah. Spit it out. Yeah. So as much as we're intentional about over, uh, over under communicating, yeah. we have to be intentional about those. Also too, I want to just talk about button some things up in Ephesians chapter four, in verse 25, I'm going to read it out of the message translation. And remember, yesterday I kind of gave um, I didn't give you, Paul did, writing to the church at Ephesus. And he writes the basically the plan, what it is for the world. If you're going to have uh, great employees, you've got to first have good kids inside the home. And then before that, you've got to have a good marriage. And then before that, you've got to have personal people walking in faith with the Lord. And one of the things that he talks to us is personally, he says in Ephesians 4.25, what this adds up to then is this, no more lies, no more pretense, tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected at each other, to each other. After all, when you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. Did you use to make ends meet by stealing? Well, no more. Get an honest job so that you can help others who can't work. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps each word, each word a gift. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, profane talk. Be gentle with one another, sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. Can I tell you, you'll have a marriage of no regrets if we just button some things up on the way we communicated with one another. One of, one of the things that God has gifted me with is the gift of sarcasm. And I've got to be, you can go ahead and say amen right there. I know I've got it bad. But. I love the really, like, I want to go to Starbucks. Really? Well, why would I say it if I really don't want to go? But, really? <laughs> that's not being sarcastic. I'm just like, really? She wants to go get food. Praise the Lord. Okay, but, but you do that all the time. You're like, but, really? But in this, I see right here, let's speak the truth to one another, mm -hmm. obviously. Yeah. Avoid corrupt communication. Let's not call each other's names. In fact, Let's go the other way. Let's have names for one another that, you know, that encourage, that, that may be between, between you. You're not going to call me out on that one, are you? I'm thinking about Alabama. Was I there? Yeah, I called you a name. Oh, yeah, she did. <laughs> <laughs> on the airplane. On the airplane. It was Where so probably funny. everybody could hear it. Yeah, we were, we were having, we were under communicating about our child who was screaming on the plane. And I said, give him to me. And, and uh, I said, what are you going to do different that I didn't just do? And I said, well, I can take this boy. So I, I have him. And we get in a little heated, heated deal. And she call, <laughs> called me a name. The people that were sitting next to us said, why are y'all here? Or, or no, they, we got off the plane after that. We got off the plane. And they said, uh, <laughs> How, how did that go? She but, goes, uh, oh, Mama, you did such a good job on the plane with your baby. I know that was rough. What are y'all doing here in Birmingham, Alabama? And I said, we're here for a pastor's conference. And she said, oh, really? <laughs> oh, pretty, really? After pretty you, shocked. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then she ended up being a speaker, but, you know, we talked about <laughs> us being pastors. Yeah. And See this couple right here? <laughs> she called him a dick on the plane. <laughs> All right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, God, she's up now speaking. There's only 3,000 people there don't running look, to him in the hall. Hey, you're Brandy. I remember you. You're Dick. Okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> oh, Lord. I love you, though. Uh, that was four score and 20 years ago, but... Hey, 
how about we just, I mean, you're going to have moments of weakness, but I've been in homes before where I literally think to myself, man, that is somebody that you've chose to live the rest of your life with. Let's be somebody that builds each other up. And also, too, do it for your, listen, you, you are a model for the children you're raising in yeah. your home. And if you don't like the way things are, button some things up so that they, they don't have to experience those things in their home. Yeah. It's so important because there's power uh, and life and death in, in the tongue. And it's like, it's so easy to just use that flesh and say whatever you want. But it's like, once you word vomit on somebody, it's really hard to clean it up. And if you're a mama, you know how hard it is to clean up throw up. It smells. And if it's chunky, you got to like scoop it up. I mean... Yeah, it's gross. And so I think of that too, like whenever you're using words to your spouse, it's like you're about to say something like so messy that you're not going to be able to clean up and it's going to cost you something to clean it up. It's going to take time to bring into that relationship. It's going to take effort. You're going to have to get some spray to make it smell good again. You're going to have to do some things to fix that because you operate it in the flesh in one minute and just word vomit it on them. That's good. Uh, use your words to bring grace. And, and like you said right here, put away all evil mm-hmm. speaking. Yeah. And so, like I said last night, the way our bodies are geared, I'm thinking inside my mind before it comes out of my mouth. Yeah. And I know what's going to bring healing. Mm-hmm. I know what's going to bring comfort. I know what's going to build somebody up or tear somebody down. Yeah. God's already given you uh, the way he's created us and geared us and wired us before it comes out of our mouth. And there's some practical things that I'll, we want to help you with today is have a time every day where you communicate. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things that we talked about last night. And I know everybody in this room is at a different place in their life. There's some of them that, you know, you have no kids in the home where that may be easier uh, for you. Or maybe you've just came comfortable with one another where you come home and you sit on the couch, you watch TV. And that's not a time to communicate because your husband or you are zoned out. You're not listening. And it's like, yeah, y'all are doing something together. You're in the same room. But, like, I think it's really important to have those intentional moments where it's like I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and we're talking about things. Because if you have a device in your hand or you're doing something else, a lot of times I'll, like, tell Travis something and he's doing something. And then I remind him of it. And he's like, I have no recall of that conversation And then I have to say, well, you were sitting here, you were reading this book, you had this sweatshirt on, and I said this, and he doesn't remember. So it's really important for you guys to be intentional with each other. And I'm the same way. Like, if I'm busy doing something, I'm a cleaner. I don't sit down very well. I'm a goer and a doer. And sometimes he tells me things that I needed to be looking at him so that I would actually, and that's honor, isn't it? It, If not our president, but a different president walked in the room and he wanted to tell you something, you would make eye contact with him and listen to what he had to say because you honored him. If Jesus was to come in, you would give him your eyeballs and you wouldn't be distracted um, trying to do something else. You would listen to what he had to say. And we need to honor our spouses the same way in giving that eyeball time. That's right. And and it might be vice versa. I know I, I am. I'm a one-track mind. And even if I you know, sometimes talking to a vet or something, you know, that really has got my attention and I'm thinking about something or maybe got off the phone with one of y'all that just praying for y'all with that pastor's heart that I just don't, when I hang up, it's not like I'm done thinking about it. I lay in bed at night just praying in those types of things. But I have to be intentional mm-hmm. about when we're having these conversations that I'm letting all that aside. It's like those of you that you have that intimate time with the Lord. I have to cast every devil in hell out of my mind when I just spend time with him. Yeah. I, I, I have to be intentional. I can't, I can't read the word from my phone, and I know the phone's a great thing, but my phone rings and dings all the time, mm-hmm. and so I have to be intentional to just give it my undivided attention. Yeah. Here's one of the, another practical thing. I know this about me. I'm loud, and I have given that blessing to some of my children. <laughs> So in our home, it's, you know, when Papa comes to the house, when Pastor Ty comes over, he is like, I'm going to go sit in the car. It's so loud out here, in here. And we're used to it. I mean, we, we I, I like loud. It, I, it doesn't bother me whatsoever. So I know this, whether it be with my kids or with Brandy, something important, I have to be intentional about, and I'm passionate. His eyes get big, and you know, like, he's about to tell you something yeah. intense. 
My eyes do get big. <laughs> but I, I know this about my personality. I know I'm passionate, and I know I'm loud. And so I've got to be intentional. If it's something that I'm really communicating, something that's very important to me, that I've got to lower my voice. Mm-hmm. I've got to control my eyes, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, 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 um, and so it may be opposite for you where, where you have to do something different. But those are the, some things that you need to know about yourself. And I don't talk very loud, so he can't hear me. And don't say, huh? knew you were going to do that. <laughs> uh, remember this. Also, too, practical things. Remember the other person needs to be heard. Yeah, there, I mean, we've, we've been in meetings before where the, somebody talks over them, and you're like, hang on, let me hear their side of the story. And then we've walked away, and I'm like, I feel sorry for that other person because she probably never gets two words in because he's like, over-talking her all the time, and that's not a good way to function is to over-talk on, in front, over somebody and let them communicate, let them be heard as well, and that's a pride issue is, like, you got to, like, shut your mouth and listen. That's right. Also, too, I, I think it's another pride issue if you say this, I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it. Listen, you're in this for eternity. You might as well hear it, mm-hmm. right? And Another thing we said last night, but I just want to tell you again what he said in this scripture here. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. And there's, I mean, just uh, we had an intense moment Wednesday night. Was it Wednesday night or Thursday night about our kids? Addison. (laughs) It wasn't that intense, intense, but I I made sure... um, I made sure of this, that, w- that we communicated. I always go to bed, tell you that I love you, and kiss you. No matter how, how you know, we have those intense moments. Mm-hmm. Don't get us wrong. I win most, nearly all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. But having, I'll say this, having hard conversations, they're worth it. Your marriage is worth it. It's hard in the moment, but your marriage is worth it. Mm-hmm. Psalm 15, 1 through 5 says this, and again, I want to read it out of the message translation. Who gets invited to dinner at your place? How do we get on your guest list? Walk straight, act right, tell the truth, don't hurt your friend, don't blame your neighbor, despise the despicable, keep your word even when it costs you, make an honest living, never take a bribe, you'll never get blacklisted if you live like this. And so uh, ending that on talking about communication, I, I, I just think it's so we can over-communicate or we can under-communicate. And you know what your weakness is, and so you've got to be intentional to be better at whatever it is that you need. Go to the next one. Is it the bank or bowing? It's bowing. Okay, because I don't have um, The next one is bowing. Uh, Romans 12.10. I think it's really important. Uh, we know that men's men, not men's, they need res- the men's. The men's need the respect, and so it's really important for men to be respected, right? That's one of y'all's number one yes needs as a man, and I think it's really important that we respect our husband in even when he's not around. You know. Even when he's not in the room, what you say to someone else uh, is going to affect their marriage. What you say about your spouse in front of your children is going to respect is going to determine how they're going to respect their dad, and even it's going to to go on to when they have a spouse. Like, well, my mom talked about about my dad to me, and so then they do that to their kids, and it just becomes a generational curse of not respecting and honoring each other. And it's, uh, I think it's one of the most important things in a relationship. I feel like all of these things are really important. Um, and I kind of think about golf in this. is like you have to think about one thing, one piece at a time to make your swing good. Does anybody golf out here? Some golfers? All right. And so, but it's like you're focusing on one thing and then another thing kind of messes up. So it's like you got to put all of those moves together to make a good swing. And so it's really important to put all of these pieces together so that you can have that no regrets marriage. 
So Romans uh, 12.10, and I'm going to read it in the Passion. It says, be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members in one family. Try to outdo yourself in respect and honor to one another. And it says, I love it how it words it, to outdo yourself. Man, that means that, like, you're going to have to put forth an effort. And to me, it's saying, like, there's some things in your walk with Christ and in relationship that's easy, right? But this is saying, like, you got to outdo yourself. You've got to go above and beyond in the, uh, the respect, in respecting others, right? Yes. So you, I mean, you've got to be intentional in this as well. Absolutely. Well, all of this, you have, I know that's a word that we say all the time, but you do have to be intentional and do any of these when I, I think of honor, there's several different um, uh, stories throughout the word that, that I think about. Mm-hmm. But, and, and I want to share those, but one of the best things, Scott Niemeyer said this to me years ago, a good friend of mine in ministry, honor unlocks honor. Mm-hmm. And, when, and I noticed it, I, and, and when he said that, like there was two stories that came to my mind in Scripture. The first one is, if you know the story of J. Iris. Jairus goes to Jesus, said, hey, my daughter is sick. I need you to come to my house. And on the way, it's a woman with the issue of blood. That, that, so he gets in the presence of God to bring him back to his home. And then there's a little distraction there. And somebody comes to him and says, hey, your daughter's already died. And when he gets there, what did he do? He got everybody who had doubt and disbelief out of the home. Mm-hmm. Because he knew where honor wasn't present, healing couldn't take place. That's right. And I'll tell you the same thing. Where honor is not present in your marriage, healing cannot take place. And you've got to honor one another. I think about David as well. The Bible says about David, I found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart. What are, what are some things that David did that Moses didn't, that Joseph didn't, that these great men of faith that we see in, in Hebrews chapter 11 that were the hall of fame of faith? One thing that I see about David was this. He, he, he went further than obedience. He went to honor. He obeyed the Lord, but what he did, he wanted to do something that God never asked him to build a temple. He wanted to do it because he loved the Lord so much. And that's what honor is. Yeah. Honor is, hey, I know that I, as David was looking out, the Bible, the Bible tells us that he saw that he was inside of a tent, and here he was in this great big mansion and living this great life. And he looked out and said, I love the Lord so much. I hate for him to be in that place. Mm-hmm. I want to make, and obviously, you know, the Lord wouldn't let him do it because he shed innocent blood. But he opened up the opportunity for his son to do it. What he was doing was making a way for there to be a house built for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And what I'm getting at in a marriage, that's what we need to be. If, if God found David, the son of Jesse, a man after God's own heart, what he saw in him was he had such an honor in his life. And when he honored him, it unlocked honor. And that's, I, I see that in marriage. If you want your wife to honor you, start honoring her. Mm-hmm. Well, she's not honoring me. That's not how it works. Give and it'll be given back to you. Press down, shaking together, running over, shall men give to your bosom. Well, you don't understand my situation. I do know this, that if you open that door, maybe it'll happen. Maybe you're in a marriage right now where that's honor and respect is out the door. Well, one of you is going to have to initiate it to bring it back in. That's right. Because honor <clears throat> and respect at the end of the day, I, I love. And one of the things that you can't do, maybe there's some of you, you're, you're on your second marriage or third marriage. I want to tell you that God is for this marriage that you're in right now. But dishonoring them is bringing the hurt of a past relationship that you're in today. Don't blame them for what that other guy did years ago or what she did years ago. Now, you may have to work through some of those things, but it's dishonoring to the man or to the woman that God has put in your life right now to bring bringing those things up. Yeah. One thing that really, uh, and we've seen this happen several times, is have you ever been around somebody that honored somebody more than their spouse? And you've seen it. We've been around that where they're like, they treat other people better. And it should never be that way. I should treat him better than anybody in this whole entire room. And I should treat him, I mean, I'm going to honor my kids, but ultimately he's the head of the house and I'm going to honor him more than anybody. And he's got my respect and my love and I'm going to treat him the best. I'm not going to do something for somebody else that I wouldn't do for my husband first. That's good. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 4, Passion Translation says, The integrity and strength of the virtuous wife 
transform her husband into an honored king. But the wife who disgraces her husband weakens the strength of his identity. And that's so true. I, 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 I see men that are beat down. And obviously, it can, it can come with a strong-willed uh, wife or a strong-willed man. And this is where you have to see where one of you is going to have to humble. In, in order to be, honor somebody, you're going to have to humble yourself. The Bible says this, God, God gives, uh, or he gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. And so you're going to have to humble yourself. Get in relationship with the Lord, and I believe you'll be humbled to pour it into your spouse. Yeah. And that's one of the things, is like, you think about bowing. It's like, if, if you're in a moment of worship, and you're bowing before the Lord, and you're giving him that honor and the reverence, you're not standing up boasting, like, that I'm bigger or better. And that's what God's called us to do, is to bow low and be submitted and honor and respect each other. And it's not just for the wife, and it's not just for the husband. It's for both of you guys. 100% and 100%. Yeah. Here's the next one. The bed. Now, this is for our married couples. Yes, that's right. So take note if you're not well, married Well, Hebrews yet. chapter 13 and verse 4 says, Marriage is honorable among all in the bed undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. So he's saying this. You're, you're in fornication when you're outside of the bed of marriage. You know what that tells me? Have a big time all the time. And I rhyme all the time. <laughs> How many of y'all know sex is powerful? It is. Sex is powerful. I want you to think about it. It has the, it has the power to create another person. It has the power to do that. And, but, and, and I want to go ahead and get these out of the way and, and talk about some things that we've wrote down. But uh, you have to have boundaries when it comes to your sex life. One of the things that I... Uh, you haven't seen my notes right here, but... And you haven't seen my notes right here. All right. Well, do you want to share something? Yep. Spicy. Yep. Uh, the first one, Spicy. this, as far as uh, boundaries, don't bring... I, I hate that I even have to say this, but I've been ministry long enough. I'm just going to over-communicate. Don't bring anyone else into the bedroom. Whether they're in person or they're on a screen... Don't bring anybody else into the bedroom. Amen? Even, yeah, lock the door, bar the door. Anson, mercy. Get out of here, boy. All right. Here's another one. Here's another boundary. Never harm your spouse. Number three, never do anything that convicts your spouse. If one of you is convicted, then don't do it. The fourth one is this. The marriage is undefiled. So have fun. All right? You have something you want to share? Yeah. Well, first of all, you guys know that God created sex. And he created it for two purposes. One is obviously for pleasure. And the other one is for procreation. Is like to go into the world and multiply. Uh, so it, he created it. And I think when you have that, um, the world has made it dirty, hasn't it? Movies has made it dirty. Um, pornography and all of the things has made it dirty. And they have downplayed it so much. And, you know, one thing that I hate is teenage movies where they have sex. And, you know, they're in high school and they have sex. And it just, like, disgusts my spirit because I'm like, that is so sad that they're encouraging this behavior. And you feel like it's an innocent movie that your kid's watching PG-13 and then the young couple goes off and has sex. And they make it look amazing in the movie and it disgusts me, doesn't it? You know, it's like, man, my heart just like breaks. It's like, if they really loved each other, they would have waited. But God created it and the world's made it dirty and evil. But when we think about sex, we should be thinking about God because God created it. it we shouldn't be thinking about it in the worldly way of the things that we've seen that was dirty or from movies or anything like that. We should think about it the way God created it because it. It's an act of worship because he wanted us to do it. And so if you have that mindset, like this is worship, not only it's spiritual when we have sex, and it's physical when we have sex, right? And so can I get an amen? Amen. All right. And so um, we need to think about uh, 
Oh, in Proverbs 5, 17, it says, reserve this pleasure for you and her alone and don't share it with another, just like Pastor had just said. It's really important, like, this is for you and your spouse and don't bring anybody else. And, it's, and God created it for pleasure. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be good. Um, and this, I'm going to talk to the women for just a minute okay. about sex, and maybe you can add something for uh, the guys. So we need to approach our spouse not the way we want to be approached, but how they want to be approached. Men and women operate differently, and so, like, um, you can't say, like, well, I want you to turn me on and, and I'll be here. It's, it's got to be a mutual relationship, right? Yeah, I think the best description of that, you've heard us say this before, that men, men are like a microwave. They're like a crock pot, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You press five seconds, boom, Yeah. on the microwave mm-hmm. for men, no yeah. problem, right? Crock pot, you got to turn them on first thing in the morning. You got to check on them all day long. So that goes both ways. So like, right? No, Come on. That that we're not a five minute machine. Like that's it's gonna right. take time. I can't be like beep beep. Let's go. Right. That's right. So we have to approach each other the way that we know that we need to approach each other. Right. That's right. Okay. And so um, we need to. I think it's really important to have a conversation. Like. What is important to you in here? Because if just like we talked about expectations, y'all are looking like this is an awkward conversation. But, like, if I'm not meeting his needs and I don't know what his needs are or what his expectations are, then how are we going to communicate that and figure that out, right? And we've had some rough uh, communication on that. It's like, and that, that goes back to communication because yeah. most guys are like, you should know this. Yeah, you should you know. You want to have sex? Uh, yeah. Does yeah. the Pope pray? Does the bear in the woods, you know, like, of course, of course I do. And so, but where it gets frustrating, we see it all the time is like, well, you didn't, you know, you didn't communicate those things to me and you didn't. Or you didn't initiate it or I've initiated it five times and you haven't initiated it at all. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm saying somewhere in the room is that men want to be initiated too. You can't just like expect him to always be the one that is asking you have to do it, too, because that's important to them is to be pursued, too, right? Amen. I, I, I say, you know, I, I think it's, it is it is important to a man. Like, one of the things I wanted to talk about, regularity over romance. Mm-hmm. Regularity over romance. Regularity over romance. And, uh, I mean, I love, you know, when you're thinking about romance, maybe it's rose petals, maybe it's the music, I don't know what y'all's thing is. That's where you're going to have to communicate or maybe you already know and, and love those nights at the hotel or, or, or any of that. We all love that. But how many of y'all know there's times where you're just going to have to do it in the mess? Yeah. You're going to have to, just like when Ross was with that girl that was, remember, his dirty home. and he's, ah! You guys may not remember that, but we got some friends people here on the yeah. front row. But what I'm getting at is like, some of y'all are thinking, well, it's got to be perfect, or it's got to be this, or it's got to be that. No, regularity over romance. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I, I just think it's important, because I, can I tell you, I, I see, and women just need to hear this. If, if a, and, and this is, I'm trying to be careful how, how I say this. Well, let me just tell you how a cowboy would say it. If a dog is not getting petted, on the porch, he'll find a different porch to get petted on. And this is where I don't understand marriages. And, and I realize we have different age groups in the room, and, but, but it, it concerns me of when I meet people that are in their 40s and their 50s and they have sex two or three times a year. Listen, that is not healthy. Like you need to go see a doctor and check out your hormones or something. Because God has created this of something that you share. This is the only, this is one of the things that you just share with one another. And you can pray about your sex drive. God, will you give me a sex drive that will complement my husband and, and what his needs are? Because a lot of times as women, it's not as important for us. So like you need to, I mean, you can ask God. That's right. Give that to me because I want to fulfill my husband the way I'm supposed to. So God, help me meet his needs. And can I, I, I mean, the statistics show, um, I'm, I'm in a, we're in a Bible study right now 
uh, with some men in my office, and we're reading this book, From Dream to Destiny, and it's by um, Robert Morris. And in the purity test, of when he's, he's in Potiphar's home, and he passes the purity test, in that he talked about pornography, and he said, it, it's amazing the stats. It's crazy the stats of guys that probably even inside of this room that are hooked on pornography because they're not being, I mean, and there's a lot of them that come, that were hooked on pornography and then they get into a marriage and thinking that, well, it's just going to go away. But there, there's that, it's just a hook that a sexual immorality is a hook that the enemy uses so big. That's the only thing, that's the only thing that the devil says to flee, like run, like physically run from because he knows i mean you look throughout scripture even in the story of uh amnon and tamar this this is a thing that really and all and the stats show that it's not just men now it's women that are getting in these things and so the marriage i just want to say this the marriage bed is undefiled and i think it's important like you said that we have these we communicate Mm -hmm. right but regularity over romance Well, and I have that written down, too, is um, when you're telling your spouse no regularly, then you're breaking fellowship with your spouse. And so I think it's important to be intentional and set a time. Song of Solomon uh, 7.11 says, come, my love, let's go to the fields and spend the night among the wildflowers. They set a time and they set a place. And uh, I love that because that's so sweet. And if our husbands would just talk to us more and say, let's go to the fields with the wildflowers. I can do it. (laughs) And then also, and and then it goes on to say uh, in verse 12, let us go up early and go to the vineyards and see the grapevines and see if the grapevines had budded, if the blossoms have opened and the pomegranates had bloomed. There I will give you my love. That's good. Yeah. Very stoic. So it's important to, to give a time. Um, also, what do you, you want to say? Go ahead. Okay. Um, and so uh, in 2 Corinthians uh, 7, 4, how many times, I guess, no, don't raise your hands, is like, I am not in the mood. I have a headache. I don't feel good. I'm tired. Um, I got a headache. Here's four Advil. Yeah. I'm going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. <laughs> Hallelujah. We just experienced the healing. Yeah. So, there, I mean, there's too often that we have those excuses. And in 1 Corinthians uh, 7, uh, 4 and 5, did you write this one down? I did. Okay. Did you do it in the Passion or what? I know it by heart. Oh, you do? Okay. Yep. Do you want me no, to I'm read it? Go ahead and read it in Passion. Okay. Uh, perhaps, but because of the danger of immorality, each husband should have sexual intimacy with his wife, and each wife should have sexual intimacy with her husband. A husband has the responsibility of meeting the sexual needs of his wife. Likewise, wife to her husband. So it's not just all about the men. It's equal. That's right. Right? That's right. It's really important for that. Neither the husband nor the wife can have exclusive rights to their own bodies. But those rights are to be surrendered to the other. So don't continue to refuse your spouse those rights except perhaps by mutual agreement for a specific time that you can both be devoted in prayer. And if you're not having sex and you're saying you're praying, I don't believe you guys because I just don't believe you. We have prayer on Sunday nights and there's not a whole bunch of people that are up here saying like, we're not having sex tonight, we're here to pray. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And then you should resume your physical pleasure so that uh, the adversary cannot take advantage of you because of the desires of your body. Another thing too, just on on a very spiritual level, sex, I believe it's a very spiritual thing because sex connects. Yeah. Bible tells us in Genesis 2, 24, we read it last night, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, that they shall become one flesh. Old King James says cleave, and the best way to put that into English is like uh, welding something. That means something, and, and that's why we put it on the, on the wrist of all of our sweatshirts, uh, the death of two wills and the birthing of one. That's cleaving, right? It's being, uh, so welding is melting down of metal, and this one's melted down, this one's melted down, and they're welded together. It's basically metal that has been uh, melted down together, and they've become one. So think about that. That's, it, it not only brings reproduction, but 
because how many of y'all know God wants righteous families on the earth? That's right. And that's why we tell them, have some babies. Come on. I know it's uh, at a bad time in the economy and where we are, but uh, let's have some kids. And what we do is we, sex connects, we connect and we become one flesh. And we connect spiritually, we connect relationally, we, we connect emotionally. You need to connect physically. It's a great picture of what happens spiritually between a man and a woman. That's why it's only, only, only to be done in a marriage. That's why, you know, relationships before, there's a part of your soul. Um, it was brought up the other night with a group of men talking about soul ties because you are connecting. You're giving a part of yourself to that other person, and that other person's giving a part to you. It's connection. Yep. I have one fun one. Are you ready for it? Yep. Use your imagination. Y'all are supposed to be smiling because that sounds fun. Amen. Right? So Swing from the rafters. I think about Swing. Oh. <laughs> I think about this uh, one kid that grew up on our youth group. He's working at a uh, eyeglass place. And uh, we're like, how's your job? He's like, it's really good. It's like missionary style work. We're like, what? <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> we guess he didn't know what that meant. But we're like, okay. So change it up. You wouldn't want the same uh, TV dinner every night. Right? Can you imagine a life of just the same meal every single time? So, like, you need to change it up, spice it up, right? That's right. And, and I'll say this from the man's point of view. What, what a guy does not want, I mean, obviously, you're like, you know, I guess we can have sex. The last thing that he wants is an old catcher's mitt just to lay there like they don't even. Want to be there. I'm receiving. I'm receiving. All right? Come on. Act like you love him. Can I get an amen from the guys? Like, you're the only one for me, all right? And well, so. For women, I think when I say, like, use your imagination, is uh, how many of you moms have planned a birthday party for your kid or an event, and you, like, put so much thought into it, and you're like, I want to set this certain mood, and I want this certain atmosphere, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. Why do we put all that effort into a party when our marriage is more important. So I think that we need to be intentional in that aspect of like, let's set a mood, let's set an environment. And I think as women too often we're like, that's his job because that's his need. But how much better is it when I am intentional on that and set the mood, think about it, plan it, use my imagination. Put it on the calendar. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Can so I see the your, calendar? Yeah. No, no that okay. was, All yeah. right. The next one, the bank. Everybody say the bank. The bank. We're almost done. And this is the last one. And I heard this. It's so big. This one's so big. Uh, money. I, I heard this, obviously, being in Bible school, but I've, I've seen it happen to so many preachers. It's the girls, it's the gold, and it's the glory. Um, meaning, you know, sex, money, and power. But money doesn't have to be a burden. It can be a blessing especially if you honor the Lord with it. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10, it says, For the love of money is the root of all, the, all kinds of evil. And some people, craving money, New Living Testament, says, have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. And that tells me is this, money, how many of y'all know money is not evil? But loving it is. And in today's uh, economy where we are, let's just face it, most most couples in here, both of you have a job. Both both of you bring um, uh, something to the table. And and in today's world, people work forty plus hours to make ends meet, so they can. Uh, so this can become a huge controversy inside of a marriage. Mm -hmm. And again, you're going to have to find what your balance is because I I know now we live in a time where like she has. A, uh, a a good degree, and she's going to make a little bit more money than him. And maybe, you know, he's feeling down because of that. And this is where you're going to have to find your win, where I, many times the, the woman doesn't care that, but she does want him to bring something to the table. Yeah. And, and so, again, you're going to have to find where, you, where your balance is. But I want you to think of it like this. One of the things that Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Sermon on the Mount, 
when he is basically telling us kingdom principles that if you're going to be a kingdom-minded person, this is how you're going to live. Where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be mm-hmm. also. Think about that. Where your treasure is, mm-hmm. if this is really someone you treasure, there your heart will be also. So what it tells me is this, is we have got to be, if, if I treasure you in our money, we've got, this is where my heart is. Mm-hmm. And, and how many of y'all know this, this is one thing that will split up a marriage uh, so fast because it's not your money anymore. It's our money. And can I tell you where I, I, it blows me away of people that have her money and his money. She pays this many bills. He pays this many bills. It's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be, this is our money. Mm-hmm. Together we do that. This is ours. You yeah. want to say something? Well, I will say just being real with you guys, like that's probably been the biggest fights that we've had was financially. And that's why it's so hard. Because uh, I would. I would live in a van down by the river and be happy as a pig in mud. And if you do that, I'm going back to my daddy's house. (laughs) No, she's not lying there. Uh, (laughs) But that is like, it's hard because, you know, we were raised so different. I mean, I was raised going on vacations all the time and having plenty and having nice stuff. And when we got married, we didn't have a lot. And I remember being pregnant and I was like, I want ice cream so bad. And... Uh, I finally talked him into it. He's like, we don't have the money for it. I'm like, it's 99 cents at McDonald's. Then we go to McDonald's, and can you guess what happened? The machine was down. And we didn't have the gas money to go to another one and just, like, (laughs) hunt it down and see. But, I mean, it was, I just remember, like, being blown away. Like, we don't have a dollar for an ice cream cone. Um, But he was more like, we don't have $2, so we can have two ice cream cones. That's right. So, anyways. Three, because uh, I was going to eat two and you'd eat one. <laughs> but, I mean, that's something that is so important is, like, figuring out financially um, your marriage uh, and communicating on that. Um, and there was a point where things were tight. We had to do our budget together. And it was like, this is uh, how much is is coming in, and this is how much is coming out, and this is how much is left. Because if I didn't know that and he didn't know that, and it was kind of hard for us because he was a horseshoer and his income would fluctuate. Um, and so if I thought that I had $200 to go spend and buy the the month's groceries, which that would buy the groceries when we first got married the whole month, then I would go spend that and, you know, then we would come short because he didn't have somebody pay and then it was like a fight. And, you know, it just can be a very difficult situation to be in. And so it's important that you communicate but also have grace for each other. Like I feel like he had a lot of grace for me because he knew where I came from. Do you feel like you had extra grace for me? We're still married. Oh. (laughs) Right? So that, I mean, I, I, you know, we had to, to figure that out, but I feel like that was probably definitely one of our biggest struggles uh, in our relationship was financially is trying to figure that out. But uh, one thing that was non-negotiable for us, and we're blessed because we both came into uh, the marriage already doing this, and so we never had an argument over it, is we were both tithers. Amen. And so I believe that we are where we are today because we are tithers. And um, I remember, uh, like, when I was working, I tithed instantly um, before we were married. So it wasn't like whenever we got a paycheck, he's like, let's write a check to the church for 100 bucks." And I was like, wait, what? I was already doing it. And we didn't even count that money into our budget first. Like, we knew how much money came in. And instantly that tithe came out, and that was like, no matter what, we are going to pay our tithe uh, first. And if that's the only thing we can pay and we don't have groceries, we're going to believe God is going to provide. And he always did. We didn't go hungry. We were able to pay our bills. We've never missed a house payment. We've never missed any bills. But I can say that because we are tithers. That's right. How many of y'all can attest to that? Amen? Yeah. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions, with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. And, and that's, that's one of the things that I, I, I would, I'm glad that you said that. If you don't honor the Lord, yikes. 
That's the first practical step that you ought to take. Mm -hmm. I think it's important, too, that maybe, uh, you know, we did come from two different backgrounds where I'm, I'm typically way more frugal than she is, but we had to, we had to find where our win was. I think that, I, I know I've said that a lot, but we had to find, in, in all of these, you have to find where your win is, and that goes through communication of, you know, even still, like Christmas, it's yeah. hard on me. Yeah, it's so hard I'm on like, him. I'm like, we have but... spoiled brats. They mm -hmm. do not need another toy that's going to end up under the bed. And, and but I, I, I have grace now. And that's been like one of our biggest fights, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so um, we, we had to figure out what our win was together. Mm -hmm. And can I tell you, like debt in a marriage, it's bondage. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so heavy. God's not called you to be that way. And, and um, uh, I want to encourage you, if you haven't taken a course by Dave Ramsey, there's some of you. I mean, there's things in his course that I disagree with. Can I tell you that? But as far as the principles mm -hmm. of staying out of debt and being a good steward of what God has given you, I, I just want to tell people all the time, if you're believing God for a new car, I want to go look at the car that you're driving now. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't honor the car, the, the hoopty that God gave you, then what makes you think that God's going to give you something else? Right. And if you're not and honoring him with your tithes, then... You're not honoring yeah. with, in, with, your, with your tithes and your offerings. And can I tell you, it's 10%. It's you know, and, and I, I see this. There was a time, and, and I'm going to talk about, uh, we're in a series right now, The Choice is Yours, and I'm going to talk about tithing tomorrow. Make mm -hmm. the choice to tithe. And I've heard all kinds of different things. You know, I heard at one time a guy that was close to me, he said, I tithe my time. And at one time I wanted to believe that because pennies were short inside of my pocket. Yeah. And can I tell you, if anybody's tithe time, I've done an eternity of tithing. Mm -hmm. But that's not what the Word of God says. Right. Where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Yeah. And uh, it, so if you make $10,000, your tithe is 1000 bucks. It's not 900 It's not 800 Offering is over that. So everything that you give above the tithe, if you just if you give underneath the tithe, you are a giver. That uh, you, you what you've done is give. Mm -hmm. But honoring the Lord with the tithe is the ten percent that comes into your into your household. And you might still be there, like I disagree with that. Well, that's fine. The Bible says those people live under a curse. But I don't know about you, but I want to live under a blessing. And it's the only thing that you can test God in. And I think that's huge. Is like that's right. the Bible says um, that you should not test the Lord your God. But then when it comes to tithing, he said, test me in this. That's right. Test me. Yeah. Like I dare you. I dare it you. works. I dare you. It works. Let me see a show of hands of people that it's changed your life yes. being a tither and a giver out Amen. there. Amen. And, and, uh, and so that's, that's the first thing that I'm, I'm glad that you said that. We didn't even actually look at each other's notes on this. We knew these are the things, the veins that we would go down. Mm -hmm. But that's one thing that I would say this. Make sure that if you're going to honor the Lord, mm -hmm. if he's going to be the Lord of your marriage and you're going to have a marriage of no regrets, this is one thing that's heavy on people is money. Mm -hmm. And if you're not a tither and giver, that's the first thing that I would invite you to start doing. And I want to say, too, is like it, if you want to grow together in your faith, this is something, this is the perfect way to grow in your faith is through tithing because a lot of things that you go through that you're believing God for might be like personal issues and things that you're working on yourself. But when you're aligning up your finances together and you're giving that offering together and you're, you, you're holding hands before offering and you're praying over that offering. We get, and we get our kids involved. Yeah, we get our kids involved. But to me, that connects our faith together it connects our hearts together spiritually because we're believing God for the same thing. Because in the morning when you pray, we probably don't pray for the same things. I mean, I'm just guessing. I don't know because uh, we, we pray together or we pray separately. But when we pray together financially, a lot of times we'll, we'll pray for that blessing together. So, man, it just unites your heart together. It, it unites your pocket, but together your faith. And I believe it just does something great in your marriage. Amen. Did y'all get anything out of this this morning? I hope you did. Is there anything else you want to say? All right. Well, I, uh, you know, that's what we're believing, God, is that I, I just want to thank each and every one of y'all for, I, let's, let's thank the worship team for being here. Yeah. Come on, didn't they do a great job in worship? Yes. Thank you. Uh, obviously, Jennifer, we call her 
Emerald National Bank. She's all over the place. She's at every corner. Thank God for Jennifer, yeah. our staff, and Cody, and um, amen. Callie, putting these uh, this together up here, and, and uh, we just thank God for every person that was involved of putting putting all this together. But I believe this. The Bible says, give, and it'll be given back to you. Press down, shaking together, running over, show men, giving your bosom. And that's what I'm believing as you've given into your marriage this weekend. See, what you're doing is taking in, you've taken in information. But I believe there's been a transfer spiritually of you just showing up to the knife fight. Yeah. You're saying, I'm fighting for this. Mm-hmm. That, that I, I, I'm investing in this because this is important to me. I believe there's people in the room. And that's the word that God gave me yesterday. And I want to remind you of that. Genesis 32. When, 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 um. Jacob is running from his family. And there was many, I believe there was people in the room that were running from their family. God dislocated his hip so he couldn't run anymore. And he said, if I'm here, I'm not leaving till I'm blessed. I hope you got that word in your heart. That I'm not leaving this conference. I'm not leaving that meal over there. I'm not leaving any of it. Till God, you bless this marriage. You bless it. I'm for it 100%. We made a vow to one another to fulfill our goals and our dreams. As we live our lives with God, together, we're going to make a difference. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, if you'd all stand to your feet, we want to pray for you, speak life over you. And uh, I guess I'll go ahead and pray for the food. And uh, we're going to go over there and eat. Make sure you have your meal ticket. But we also have some merch for sale over uh, at the back. And I'm just so thankful. Uh, and I hope that this is a tradition we'll carry on. How many guys will come back next year? All right. I think that we should do it again because I feel refreshed. And I know that marriage is worth fighting for. And um as your pastors, we want to fight along the side of you. We want to help you. We want to give you uh, the tools to succeed because we want our church family, we love you guys so much, and uh, we care about you all. We talk about you guys, and we believe in you, and uh, we pray for you guys. And We prayed all week for this marriage and the weeks coming before it, believing that God would make an impact on your life. And so we love you guys, and we're thankful for you all. Amen. Well, Lord, we just come before you. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And we just, I, I, I call upon you, King, Lord, Savior, our Master. We call upon you, and I pray, God, that I speak a blessing over each and every union that is in this room. Every covenant. Lord, I pray for those that maybe came in here that's hanging on by a thread. I pray that there was a cord that was replaced with that thread. I pray, God, for those that may be in different places, maybe kids out of the home or brand new babies inside of the house, you know. Lord, I just pray that as they seek you first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things would be added unto them. And so, Lord, I pray that you would bless their union together. I pray that you bless them and keep them. Your face shine upon them. Be gracious to them and give them peace. I pray that whatever they put their hand to shall and will prosper. I pray that they be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. I pray that when they are weak, God, you make them strong. When they're poor, you make them rich. I pray that they would serve you all the days of their life. And I pray that over the, the, over the union of their marriage, I pray that it goes forth and it accomplishes what you've meant and set for it to do. I pray that it would not stay stagnant. I pray that the dust that's been knocked off by the winds of the Holy Spirit going through this room. And I speak life. I speak that this marriage would live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would go before them, lead them. I pray your angel protection over them. Keep them in all their ways, that no evil befalls them and no weapon formed against them shall prosper. Bear them up in their hands lest they dash their foot against the stone. Lead them, feed them, guide them, direct them. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. 
So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.